Okay, we're all in take five. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Oh, man, what a Monday. Good, bad, and ugly. How dominant were the Cowboys last night? Total yards of field goals made for Brandon Butter Aubrey. The rookie kicker rod, 164 yards worth of field goals. It's unbelievable. Jalen Hurts threw for 135 passing yards. Nice job. Nice job. Kicker. It was a dominant. Old test missed out Bud whipping on a 10 win team. You don't see 10 win teams get beat like that no. at this point in the season. 100% true. That's and a good Eagles team. It's not a, they're not a bad team. They're just. Not they're regressing right now, which is the troubling part. Uh, Eagles are ten and three. They've outscored their opponents by twenty-one points all year. Cowboys are ten and three. They've outscored their opponents by one hundred and eighty-eight. Yeah, one hundred and eighty-eight. Now the one opponent that they didn't outscore, two of the three, or one of the three, were the 49ers, who beat them by thirty-two. They continue to roll. And on the way to the break, we we're talking about uh, Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, who's you know MVP. Somebody said if Purdy over McCaffrey would be an absolute joke in the MVP race. Mm, but, you know, Somebody running said, back's not going to win the award. You guys know that. That says, what happened to uh, Purdy's numbers when Samuels was missing games? See, one of the things – I love when a texter asks a good question but uh, lays, raises a good conversation. It's the NFL, Rod. People who throw quarterbacks or players under the bus when you're missing key players, that's, that's, it, that's, it's not an excuse, Rod. That's a, that's a fact of the game. Look at Patrick Mahomes right now. He's not the same quarterback without better the, the good weapons he's used to throw into football too, yeah. right? C.J. Stroud yesterday without his top three targets against a very good Jets defense, there's no one open. You could see – I mean, I've watched C.J. all year. He drops back typically. There's windows to find Nico Collins or Tank Dell uh, creating separation, Dalton Schultz. You're playing the Jets. There's nobody open, man. Uh, they're, they're just, mm-hmm. No one's getting off their guy. And so, you know, then they have a ferocious pass rush with the Jets, with Quinn and Williams in that group up front. So it takes players. And, yes, when Brock Purdy didn't have Trent Williams and Debo Samuel, the offense wasn't as good. But isn't that just to be expected? Yeah. I think it's – I think you know, Tom Brady has distorted everybody's perception when it comes to quarterbacks and the weapons they need to succeed because he did it at times without marquee, you know, top elite receivers. Um not everybody can do that. And even Tom Brady is probably, if you go back and look at it, uh, those guys are probably a lot better than you give them credit for. The, yeah, Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman's of the world, the Wes Welkers of the Welker, world. Wes pretty good players. You know, the tight ends with Gronk. And, uh, they're probably a lot better weapons than we give them credit they for. They don't but, line up off sides. Yes. <laughs> Drop passes. So I, I, I'm with you. I think uh, that, that argument against Purdy is a flawed one, you know, to say the least. Well, can I just – and it's again, a, I, I don't – I don't. If I had a vote for MVP, I got to see it all. But I mean, because I watch the Niners each week, I know you do too, with the Cowboys, with the Texans. I mean, they're just a machine. I mean, it, it, yeah. you realize the the combination of McCaffrey, Samuel Ayuk, and George Kittle yesterday against Seattle. How many total yards do you think they combined for? Oh, just that three. Those four. Those four. Kurt McCaffrey, Samuel Ayuk, Kittle. Oh man, probably. 500 yards. 500 yards. Yeah. <laughs> 504 yards. Yeah. No, they're, they're McCaffrey a bunch, ran for 145. He didn't score a touchdown, though. He was trying to get his 18th touchdown. The year didn't happen. 
Uh, he, he McCaffrey rushed for 145. Samuel caught balls for 149. Ayuk for 126. Kittle for 76. I mean, they're just those. And this is why we talked all morning. The Cowboys and the Niners are, the, in my opinion, the best two teams in the league. Uh, one of those teams, I think, will be in the Super Bowl at this point. Well, I think that's. I will. I will say the 49ers will be there. I don't know about the Cowboys. The Cowboys look good, but you got to go through the 49ers. To that's get there. that's exactly right. And I don't know. I still don't think the Cow. Even as good as they look, I don't think they're better than the 49ers. I think it's one, and then yeah. two, and then there's that, a drop. I think it's a clear one, and I think there's two. And uh, I don't know the Eagles. Listen, I, the Eagles still personnel wise. The Eagles are still a really good team personnel wise. Their issue is the they lost their schematic advantage, and we we probably could have saw this coming. You know, I go back to that stat about the Eagles losing both their uh, offensive and defensive coordinators. You go back and look at NFL history. Um, where the Eagles are the sixth team to make the Super Bowl and lose both coordinators the next year. None of those teams return to the Super Bowl. They were just the third Super Bowl squad to lose each coordinator to a head coaching position, which means that was amazing. I mean, you did a great job of hiring coaches and developing coaches. That speaks to this, the stellar uh, you know, a- talent acquisition of the Eagles. But Philly was the only NFL team last season to finish in the top oh, – sorry, that season that they had both Gannon and Sykin to finish in the top three in both offense and defense. They were elite. On both sides. On both sides of the ball. Those guys leave become head coaches. And it's just really hard. Brian Johnson's good. Sean Desai is good. They're not what Jonathan Gannon and Sean Steichen were. And I think, you know, trying to break that trend for the Eagles has just been really tough. Um, and you know the you know the historical uh, trend that NFC teams that lose the Super Bowl, they don't go back. Yeah. They don't go back. Yeah. The, the, the last NFC team to lose a Super Bowl – and get back there was the Minnesota Vikings the following season, 1974. You don't do it in the NFC for God, whatever reason. 50 years. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's an incredible stat. And it, you, the eye test. But here's the thing for the Eagles and the Cowboys. Cowboys now hit a stretch where they're playing Buffalo, Miami, and Detroit. Now, Detroit losing to Chicago yesterday, they're, they're, not, they're not there yet. Because you, you said the Eagles went to the Super Bowl last year with elite offense and elite defense. Mm-hmm. Niners and Cowboys both have both. Right, yep. they have elite offense and elite. Cowboys now have an elite special teams unit with this guy, Butter Aubrey, <laughs> nailing thirty for thirty and hitting sixty yarders like it's, uh, it's crazy. Is a piece of cake. Uh, but but we mentioned the Cowboys stretch. Here is the, the Philadelphia. This is why the Philadelphia's are still favored to win the division by the the odds makers. Their last four games, Rod, Seattle, who's fallen apart. Yeah. Right, they've lost Drew, five of six. Drew Locks playing. Drew now. Locks their quarterback. Geno now. Smith got some injuries. Giants, Cardinals, Giants. Uh, yeah, they're playing all backup quarterbacks. And they're playing all bad teams. All backup quarterbacks. Because uh, I, I put Seattle now into the bad team category, even though they fought yesterday for Pete Carroll, but that was a divisional game. Um, you know, Philadelphia can get well. Philadelphia can still, despite yeah. this stretch, go 14-3. and three. And if they do that, you can't lose. Because if you lose, you go from the division champion to the wild card. And it's a, it's a different animal than a home playoff game is the two seed versus – Road playoff game as a wild card team and have to win three playoff games. That's true. Uh, that's that's huge, and that's still why Philadelphia is there. It's not to diminish what the Cowboys just did because they detonated the Eagles. It was ultra impressive. But that Eagles stretch we talked about, their five game stretch began five games ago. They played the Cowboys and survived it. They beat the Chiefs and the Bills, and then they lost to the Niners and the Cowboys. So they went three and two. Cowboys have to Cowboys have to go four and zero down the stretch here. Yeah, because the Eagles are not going to lose. No. 
that down the stretch. You don't unless they really stub them. I mean, you're talking about Jalen Car- Hurts gets injured. Yes, yeah, Seattle. They, also, they still probably can beat those teams. Seattle, the Giants twice in Arizona. With whoever their backup, I don't even know who it is. They still probably still can beat those yeah. teams because those so, teams have backup quarterbacks. Cowboys margin for error very slim. Their their schedule very difficult. If they get there, they'll learn it, uh, and that's that, that was a huge. And what did we say when you came here the Monday after the the Arizona loss? That Arizona game will stick on the Cowboys like oh bad yeah. odor yep. for the whole season. You damn right. Yeah, it's gonna come back to haunt them, and it will come back to haunt. Because your only other losses are to Philadelphia in Philly, and then well, yeah, the Forty Niners game. You don't have margin of error here. If you had won that game, you'd have had at least one game in in hand that you could have. All right, we slip up here. It's okay. We don't have to be perfect now. You got to be perfect in that stretch. That's all I have to do in the league. And if you That's are, hard to do. well, it's hard to do when you're on the road to Buffalo, That's on the road to Miami, back home to Detroit. You know, these and those are, are starting quarterbacks you're facing. You 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 don't, you don't get the backup. High like end starting get. quarterbacks, yeah. right? Two yeah. is up for the MVP if no, he has a big stretch it. here. And that's probably why Dak won't win the MVP because I don't know if they can they can pull that off and go perfect. If they do, like you said, he would have earned MVP and they would have earned the division. Yeah. Uh, but that that's a lot to ask. Uh, and I'll say this, I, you know what I don't see? I do see the Cowboys and Niners both playing elite on both sides of the ball, uh, really elite. I don't see that in the AFC right now. I don't see a team that does that. Because I was, I was thinking it was Baltimore, and then I watched him yesterday. Matt Stafford shredded that team. Matt Stafford yeah. had a day. And that doesn't mean you can't have a bad game defensively. But Matt Stafford, you know, the, the, that, that kind of revealed a little bit to me that, that Baltimore is not there with the pass rush. They don't have the Cowboys or Niners pass rush. They don't play defense like that. I agree with that. Um, uh, Marvin hum- Marlon Humphrey came back, and he got torched by Cooper Cup and or Pua Nakua, whichever one they wanted. And so – and the Chiefs – and then we'll get to our headlines here, but the Chiefs, Rod, Mm-mm. they would be that team playing elite if they – again, if their receivers could catch and not get out of their own way. I mean, think about the four games that they've – five games they've lost. Four of those came – because of a drop passes by the receivers, which led to either interceptions or drop touchdowns, I mean they they would be up there with the cow. They would be eleven and two potentially if their receivers could catch. They'd have the lead for the the buy in the AFC. Oh my gosh! And they yeah they'd probably have the best record in the league. Yeah. Period. I mean the Buffalo game, the Phil, the the game with Philadelphia, the game with Detroit Week One. These are all games that they have, and and we know this that the organizational philosophy has shifted. That hey, we have Mahomes, we're going to play great defense. And when we play great defense, we're going to win in the margins. We're going to win these games because we have Mahomes. And we have Andy Reid. And we have Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. But guess what? The margins, the receivers are killing them. They're losing them games. They've miscalculated. (laughs) Yeah. They miscalculated. Because that's what Tom Brady did, right? Tom Brady and the Patriots believed we have Belichick's defense. We've got Brady when it matters. So in clutch time, we'll we'll pull it out. We'll pull it out. Yeah. And they turned the most clutch quarterback, arguably, in NFL history behind Tom Brady into a quarterback that is leading an offense that is one of the worst second-half offenses in the league. So he went from being the most clutch quarterback in the league to now a guy that can't even score in the second half of games because his wide receiving core is just that bad. And honestly, I love Brett Veach. I think Brett Veach is top two, three best GMs in the NFL. This is all on him. This was a gross miscalculation. We saw that group early on came in here, so to, and I told you, I was like, that wide receiving core is bad. Terrible. This really bad. I said, it's going to lose them games, and it lost them games. And I said, and I told you, I said, they were my team to go to the Super Bowl. And I was like, I don't know if they are my team to go to the Super Bowl anymore because their wide receiving core is that bad. And it makes Travis Kelsey easily easier to defend. Yeah. Because all I got to do is double and triple team him because I know your wide receivers can't beat my guys in man-to-man. And if they do, they can't catch it. <laughs> or stay on or the side. Or stay on sides. I mean, they're bad, man. 
with 13 games in, that's a bad receiving core. They're the one team in the AFC that should be elite on both sides, but the fatal flaw is the receiving core. Oh. It's been that all year. So they're 8-5 and five instead of 11-2, and two, uh, something along those lines. Yep. And Because uh, their defense is better, uh, without a doubt. Oh. You, this is why Patrick Mahomes blew a gasket yesterday, because he can't hammer the receivers or Brett Veach, what so he can do? go after the officials. Hey, can we get to the headlines, the trending topics outside of that? Good stuff for the Cowboys and uh, the NFL, but let's get to the other news. Top Gun Reynolds and Lonequin bring you the news. And, yeah, uh, talk about the Cowboys in a huge win. Jerry Jones called it the most satisfying win of the Mike McCarthy era. Not as good down in Houston where Texas quarterback C.J. Stroud in concussion protocol following the team's loss at the Jets yesterday. Star rookie was slammed to the ground late in the game, hit his helmet, back of his head on the turf. He'll be evaluated as the week goes on. They play Tennessee this week. Well, wide receiver Nico Collins, to make matters worse, also got hurt in that game. Calf injury early. Uh, they were without he, Tank Dell, and Dalton Schultz in that game against a very good Jets defense. They fall to 7-6 and six with the loss. 40 Acres, weekend of accolades for the Longhorns. Friday night, it was a big award for the biggest of the Longhorns. Devondre Sweat, first Texas player in nearly five decades to win the Outland Trophy. It's presented annually to the nation's top interior lineman. He joins uh, three others in program history. Then yesterday, Associated Press announced they're all Big 12 teams for 2023. Named Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian, the conference's coach of the year. T. Sweat took home the Big 12's best defensive player. Wide receiver A.D. Mitchell named the league's newcomer of the year. Also from college football over the weekend, Texas wide receiver Isaiah Nair became the seventh Longhorn to enter the transfer portal. First offensive player to do so. LSU's Jaden Daniel, Daniels named the uh, Heisman Trophy winner as the nation's top player as he becomes the second LSU quarterback to pass five seasons to win that highest individual award. Joe Burrow won it in 19. Former Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel announced he's transferring to Oregon. Thrilling weekend for Texas volleyball. Second seed of Texas avenged their early loss to Stanford, and they beat the Cardinal on Saturday night in Palo Alto, three sets to one to advance to the final four. 15th time in school history. They'll be in Tampa, Florida on Thursday night to play Wisconsin. And finally, the sports world shook on Saturday when the two-way superstar Shohei Otani took to his Instagram account to announce that he has agreed to a new 10-year, $700 million mega deal with the Crosstown Dodgers. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a ho-ho-ho. Bring anything on Foster Village's Amazon wish list on our Facebook page and get up to 20% off your rental or purchase. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Several people, Rod, real quick just to finish up the convo. This mm-hmm. says if the Cowboys and Eagles both win out, the Eagles would still win division due to conference record. Because they're playing all division. They're playing all NFC teams the rest right. of the way. Cowboys play two AFC, AFC teams. Yeah. So... Great, thanks for the for the clarification on that. Good stuff. Yeah, no, you're right. They got, I mean, they got the inside track on it. The Cowboys just don't have a lot of margin for error. Uh, it's just the way they started the season. I mean, they started so strong that they can afford to. And and even with that, you know, that tough stretch they had, they found a way to win them in clutch time. And I think they are regressing as a as a as a team because you can see their defense is now struggling. All right, third down defense, they're one of the worst. Uh, in the NFL, their pass defense is struggling, even though they have a lot of good players on defense schematically. As I just po- I pointed out, uh, Sean Desai, what he's doing right now doesn't match up. It, the, the, the coverage and the back end, the secondary, and the coverages don't match up with the fronts very well. Um, and that's on the coordinator. That's coordination, literally, of the defense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they can still win the winning division, and the Cowboys got to go on the road in the playoffs. Shame that would be because yeah. they're they're playing really really good right now and uh, it's unfortunate yeah. but that's why the schedule doesn't do them any favors. The Eagles got through their stretch and won three of the five. 
Uh, Cowboys now pretty much have to win out, and it still may not be enough. They're going to need help from who, who can beat them, Arizona. They, the game at Seattle is a primetime game next week. Seattle will be the best chance because the rest – I mean, they all have backup quarterbacks now unless Geno's coming back. Maybe yeah, I think Geno could get back, which would be helpful because, I mean, Seahawks almost beat the Cowboys. So, and their their weapons can threaten that defense, right? If Geno Smith's playing and yes. you got DK and yeah. the, the, that, uh, they got Ken, Kenneth Walker, the third back, running the ball. Charbonnet, is that? That could be the one. Yeah. All right. Uh, by the way, this is this one is good. That says, uh, and it's a conversation that says there really needs to be more talk about the effects of Eric Bieniemy leaving his hat on Kansas City. They yeah. have the same wide receivers they won the Super Bowl with last year, minus Juju. Now the issue is lack of weapons. Rod just talked about the Eagles having the schematic advantage because of coordinators leaving. Uh, everybody used to say about Andy Reid, give yeah, Bieniemy some love. Yep, I agree with that. It's a good point. And, and, and Washington is better offensively oh. now. They're still a disaster in terms of pass protection. Uh, because Sam Howell's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. But he's better, and their offense is much better. I think I think that's a fair point, and I think it, it kind of – because you know, Eric Bieniemy was always under the – old Andy Reid's offense. Well, okay, this is also Andy Reid's offense. So, Matt Nagy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you that, know, it matters. That's fair. That's a very good point, man. I did not think about that, but I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah, they're missing Eric Bieniemy. That's – we talked. We talked about in the offseason how when he got to Washington, the players were upset and they were uh, they were complaining that he was too hard on them. <laughs> yeah, who's <laughs> this guy? It was like, no, that's coaching. That's yeah. that's coaching, guys. You guys play for Washington. That's just coaching. It's okay. <laughs> that's just what it is. And it seems like these wide receivers having their best years. They need some coaching. Yeah, well, that's the same mistakes. And I think that's why Mahomes was so mad yesterday. Mahomes is tired of it. Mahomes Mahomes sees it. It's yeah. been all year. He's. He went after the officials just because he blew a gasket and he wanted to go after somebody. Uh, but he, no, he, he, he's going to wake up today and go, man, I, don't, I mean, it was a penalty. I mean, the play, if you go back and watch the play, it's Travis Kelsey penalty. makes a, an all-time great play. He lines the ball sides, though, man. And the official dropped the flag right at the ball snapped. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like it waited until the <laughs> touchdown to drop it. He dropped it as he saw it and dropped the flag. It, can you imagine that outcry if he had picked it up and said there is no foul on the play? It's like, well, yeah, there was. You dropped the flag. I mean, they're basically just arguing that, hey, man, it is a penalty, but you didn't have to call that. That's basically what that, – that, that, That's one of the great plays in NFL history, and yeah, you just took it off the board. That's basically their argument is like, yeah, we know, but – because Andy Reid basically says you should have given him a warning first. Usually I get a warning about that. What do you mean a warning? It's a penalty. It's a fourth game. quarter late. <laughs> You want a warning for a penalty in the fourth quarter, Andy Reid? Come on, man. Yeah, and the officials saw it immediately. We all saw it, and they're just mad. I mean, they're uh, they're they're inventing. They're frustrated. They want to yell at Brad Beach. Because that would have been an all-time. Yeah. They, they want to yell at Brad Beach. like, hey, man, why didn't you do more at the trade deadline to get us some wide receivers? Well, and I think the enemy conversation needs to be running. Because you said it right. When he went to Washington, what did the receiver say? Dude, yeah. this guy's drill sergeant. This this guy's, guy's, guy's and he said, old. look, I was brought, you guys suck. I was brought in to help make you better. And so we're raising the bar. We're raising that, that simple. That's what I'm and doing. And it feels like the bar has lowered. Because the, the Texas right. Juju's not there, but they still have the same, a lot of the same dudes that were there to win the Super Bowl last year. And if they're, it's amazing because the Chiefs are on TV so much. You watch them all. It's, a couple, it's one or two plays. In every one of these games, it's getting them beat. Mm-hmm. It really, really is. They yeah. beat the – you know, Valdez Scanlon catches Catch. the post route. Yep. If uh, Go back to week one with Kadarius Detroit. Tony, remember that? Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, he continues to back up his play. I said just last week, he's such a great teammate, Patrick Mahomes, because he, he won't bash his players. He continues to give them credit and says it's, it's a work in progress. But he, I think he lost it yesterday. I'm telling you, because I think he understands that, that – championship window that they thought was going to be wide open for a long time because, hey, man, we're the Chiefs. This has been, I got to tell you, the best start to a career in the history of the NFL for any quarterback. I think they see that 
that window is shrinking very quickly. It doesn't mean they're not going to be able to extend the window at one point. All you got to do is get some damn wide receivers. But it is shrinking, and he and Travis Kelsey, that connection hasn't been as uh, prolific without those wide receivers. And he, they're easier to defend. So I just think it's just, it's just frustration all around. If, and, but the, they've drafted wide receivers that just hasn't worked out. Yeah, that's where – nothing, too. That's on Veach. Sky Moore. The, the, Watson. The, the, yeah. Valdez Scanley is making $11 million this year to catch 19 passes on the season. I mean, yeah. the, those, are, those are misses. There's no doubt about that. they got to overhaul that position. I, I think it's all – and you know, it's also let's add to the Travis Kelsey – might retire here soon. He's talking about it. He's adding up his injuries. He's counting his off-season surgeries on his podcast. Hey, Taylor Swift's her biological clock is ticking. He's about to maybe then, marry a billionaire. If she's like, hey, Swizzle wants some I, babies. I want you to sit around and just be Papa all day. He might be like, that sounds pretty damn I good, think, actually. I think everyone's officially like done with Taylor Swift, by the way. Oh, what I've noticed on time social media. Of the year. Well, I don't. I the comments I've been reading on social media are people are like, please just be done with this. Did you see the video of her walking past the Bills? Before they she's got to walk into the building. Oh, my I mean, God. She's coming to the game. so bad. It's like you're getting a little <laughs> irritated for no reason. She's just going to the game to see her beau. Yeah. Her I, boo. She's not asking to put the cameras on her, right? Yes, she uh, is. Yep. She's showing up. She could, you know. She's showing up. <laughs> That's not, she's just the biggest pop star in the world. It's not her fault. And she likes some football. She, no, I don't know sure she likes football. She likes Travis Kelsey. No, she was an Eagles fan growing huh? up, her and her family. She's yeah. not a football fan. Dude. Yeah, well, she, she just said that's her pretending. She's a she's a Travis Kelsey. Well, you, hey, was she at any was she at any Eagles game prior to this? All no. of this they, is her they, pretending. She's not a football fan. Dude. She's a Travis. Can you Kelsey imagine fan. if if that play stood and there wasn't a penalty? Uh, what amazing. the conversation would be? Oh yeah, well we see her reaction all over every oh. Good Morning America. They oh. played that play over and over she again. She would have run on the field and jumped in his yeah. arms. It was one of the greatest <laughs> plays of all time. It was a great play. It was. I mean, it hurt my heart for the play to be taken off the board. It was a great play. Yeah, because as soon as he makes, you're like, that was unplanned. <laughs> when it was brilliant, and it's going to win the game. A and first thing I thought of was, oh man. Taylor Swift. Where they, a, how, how long before they show her? It's just so <laughs> rare. You see a lateral, and then usually laterals are game planned, right? There, there. There's a play that you are playing to lateral it. He was not a game plan play. He, he, he improvised that. He freestyled that. And didn't it? What this weekend? Did Frank Whitecheck pass away? Yeah, I was gonna mention that. And I was gonna think about he, that's one of the greatest laterals of yeah, all time. The Frank Whitecheck rattles yeah, like the, Music City the ghost of Whitecheck was out there. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah, awesome. Very very sad news from sad. Tennessee that yeah. uh, Frank Whitecheck. Great player. Young, too. Was um, he 50-something? 52. Yes. Apparently, according to his family, he fell somehow, took a oh, fall, man. and um, was found unconscious oh, man. Uh, at 52 years old. So, yeah, very, very sad, obviously. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, that's that's the, the greatest previous lateral in NFL history. Right. Isn't that, isn't that it? It's, one, it's definitely one thing to pitch it. It's one thing to pitch it to a guy, but he threw it across <laughs> two hash marks. <laughs> And it was a he was I a quarterback just, in high school, so he got some pretty good zip on it. I can still see him in the motion. I was like, is this gonna work? And it was it was a nice lateral too. He got it all the way over there. That yeah, was great. Right. That's great awareness because he had four guys in the game that you know touchdown probably wins the ball game. Oh. And uh, there's Kadarius over there, wide open. Well, why'd you line up offsides, KJ Kadarius? Come on, man. I mean, yeah, that's that's clear pictures of him. I mean, he's obviously offside. Oh, it's it's not a, there's man. no way and again the official dropped the flag immediately. This was not, oh, I saw that play, let me drop this flag. He got he, to – his ball was past the – I mean, his foot was past the ball. Past the ball. There, there's so <laughs> many reasons why that's no – it's never an excuse for a wide receiver or a cornerback to be offsides. I remember Tex had a cornerback offsides. So I was like, what are you doing? You can't be offsides. You're playing bubble right on the wide receiver because you can – first of all, you got to judge the ball. You can look right down the line of scrimmage and look at the ball. And like you pointed out earlier, you can talk and communicate with the refs. 
You can ask the ref, am I on the line, am I off the line, and he will you give to talk, you. You just hold your hand up, hey, am I good? He'll give you a he'll, little hint. He'll say, move up, or he'll say, no, you're good. And then that's all you got to worry about. So I, I don't know how that happened. Just Kadaris Tony, it's a brain Bra- fart. Brain fart. And they've yeah. got one a game. It, it's killed, killed that team because I think yeah. the Chiefs would be far and away the best AFC team with their improved defense. But – that's uh, a fatal flaw, got, as you've said. Now they got to go on the road for the first time in Mahomes' career to make a play theoretically a and yeah. to win a playoff game. Uh, well, I mean, they can do it. But well, and tonight we'll get to see two in the Dolphins, try to get to 10-3. and three. They play the Titans as part of a doubleheader on Monday Night Football. So try. We'll preview that coming up. Yeah, they'll beat the Titans. <laughs> but, yeah. definitely get to hey, we come back. Uh, we'll hear Tony Romo. He was talking about this whole controversy, whether it is one or not, with Mahomes. Also, we'll get Rod behind the burnt orange curtain. It is uh, Texas and Washington three weeks from today or three weeks from tonight is when the Longhorns will play the Huskies on uh, January 1. We'll come back with that. It's Hook em Up with Ian Rodby. Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. Yeah, we are uh, nine holes in to our morning conversation here on the Horn. We're at the turn now. No golf right now, Rod. It's uh, frost on the pumpkin here in South Austin and all over Central Texas. Freezing uh, temperatures overnight, so uh, all the golf courses will be a little, a little nippy. A little well, and the courses will have uh, a nice sheet of uh, frost Perma down frost on the ground. Yeah, yeah, permafrost. So uh, delays, I would imagine, all over town. But either way, we are at the turn. Five hours in, or two and a half hours into our five-hour conversation, it's at the turn. Brought to you by Callahan's General Store. And uh, we mentioned earlier the big news last week with John Rom's decision, and we talked about it in real time that uh, what was the next phase for PGA Tour and their, their merger potentially with uh, the Live Tour and obviously the, mm-hmm. the Ro- Saudi Royal Fund, the PIF. Well, here's the latest, and um, we'll keep you posted on this and at the turn every morning, but all PGA Tour players got a letter from the PGA Tour yesterday uh, talking about the, and t- announcing that the PGA Tour has narrowed its choice of potential investors to a new consortium led by Fenway Sports Group and said it will continue to negotiate with the Saudi Arabia National Wealth Fund as it races to meet a December 31st deadline. Uh, PGA Tour board, six players, five independent directors, sent an email to players uh, to say that Strategic Sports Group was the unanimous choice to further negotiate potential partnerships with new the new PGA Tour enterprises. And this is something we told you about, that you know where did the John Rahm thing come from? I thought PGA, PGA players were sticking and staying, and the merger was going to happen. Well, you know, I, I think two things have happened. A... The outcry from the United States, Rod, when this was announced, hmm. from golf fans who don't want to partner with the Saudis, yep, um, and said, "How could you cave to this?" Uh, and then, and then the other side, the PIF, you know, got what they wanted back in June. They were going to take control, and the PGA Tour was going to still be in charge. They were going to fund the whole thing. Well, now the PGA Tour is saying, "Well, let's partner with all of these groups." We mentioned it's owners of the Boston Red Sox and Arthur Blank with the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, it's it's you know. Investment capital is yeah. what they're doing mm-hmm. from American-backed companies yeah. to offset. The PIF will still be involved. Yeah, they don't want them to have so much control. The whole thing. They would like to kind of dilute their power and diversify the investment yep. groups overall so that if, I don't know, if there is some, I don't know, disagreement of some kind, they don't have to always 
do whatever the PIF says. Yes. They can go elsewhere and go, hey, man, you know what? We can use some leverage with this other group. Well, and, this and, and, and this all stems from a guy named Randall Stevenson, who's a retired AT&T chairman who resigned from the PGA Tour board in July over objections to the deal. Okay. And he started yeah. to go out and raise money. So the, the strategic sports group includes owners of the Brewers, the Falcons, the New York Mets, uh, Boston is rich guys, like yeah. rich guys, right? And and capital it's smart, to help though. offset it. And but you know it's going to lead to the PIF being involved. But then the Live Tour and the PGA Tour will remain together. The one thing golf fans like me, I, I still want to see the best players in the world week by week playing on the same tour. Wherever I don't want to see them split. But this kind of assures that it's going to be a split tour moving forward. Yeah. No, I mean it's they 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 can't seem to get on the same page with this thing. I think at one point we all thought it was over, <laughs> and that Liv had won this thing, and the PIF had won. That is not the case at all. Yeah, and they were going to take full control and allow the PGA Tour Jay Monahan to squash to the Liv yes. if they wanted to. Yeah, that's not the case now. Now at least for however long, I don't know, but it's more, uh, more confusing by the day. And remember, John Rom signing now gives Liv seven of the. Uh, Seven of the player, 14 winners of major championships on the Live Tour alone, including three of the last five with Rom, Brooks Kepka, Cameron Smith. So it's. So the sport is split. Yeah. Pretty much. The and sport the, is disjointed. My argument against guys going to live at the very beginning was this I didn't want to see the game split. split yeah. And I thought if they stayed together and tried to fix the PJ Tour together, it would have been a better way. They didn't. And Mickelson, of course, and, and Greg Norman. And so now it's split, and now it looks like it's going to stay split. Oh, yeah. You're right. It's going to be more disjointed than ever before. Because and, and the PJ Tour, whether you agree with or, or hate Jay Moynihan, his idea would be, okay, we'll sell out, but we get control. We keep every, bring everybody back together so we're playing um, all the, the best players together. Yeah. Now, look, the best players in the world will still compete in the, in majors. the, in the majors. Yeah. Uh, but for the PJ Tour and Live, uh, it does look like whatever the agreement is by the 31st of this month, it's going to be a split tour. And so, basically, the majors now become even more important than they ever were. Oh, yeah. It's almost – right? And then yeah. for yeah. the majors, this is actually pretty good for the majors. Yes, it is. Yeah. That's where, because that will be the only fields that are full. Yeah, because now those few times a year when you want to see all the best golfers compete against each other, it's only going to happen in the majors. Yeah. Wow. That's the way it looks like it's trending and yeah. uh, with the U.S. capital influx as well. All right, that's At The Turn as our weekly look at golf or morningly look at golf as we uh, – And the know, sports finish. landscape everywhere is changing so drastically. So fast. Oh, college football, it's, baseball. Yeah, right. it's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. But just think, think Lionel Messi and soccer this past yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. the MLS. MLS, yeah. It's just every, every sport has some kind of drastic shift in their landscape because of the entertainment ecosystem. We're watching F1, everything. Yeah, the F1, the Vegas stuff. It's just like – I don't know. It's just, it's a, I think it's a time where now they realize sports, because of the entertainment ecosystem, it's one of the few areas where you can get live eyeballs, and live eyeballs are more valuable than they've ever been because no, nothing gets live eyeballs but news, sports, and, like, uh, disaster porn. Like, that's yeah. it. That's about Plane it. crashes. Uh, d- d- debates. <laughs> yeah. po- political debates do. Yeah. But it's, very, it's like five or well, six things. Those are things. real-time activities yeah. that you have to tune in to see, and you don't want to yeah. miss them because then you're behind the time. Yeah. It used to be like award shows can't do it. They're trying to figure out like, how we do it. Nobody wants to watch award shows anymore. Like, no, I'll just follow it on Twitter. I'll figure out. There are a few things where Americans are willing to watch live in sports. It's proven to be one of them. Well, I really want to, speaking of music, I love the Grammy Awards. That's the one award show I do watch every year. And last night, uh, I recorded it because I was watching the Cowboys game. Exactly. <laughs> the, the, the Grammys did a 50-year tribute to hip-hop. 
which oh, I recorded. Which means you, I missed that. I, I'm about to go online and watch. I'm sure they got it. Oh, yeah, CBS will have it. Uh, uh, Paramount app. I didn't know that. That's pretty good. Yeah, I recorded it because I want to go watch it. But that's how we do it now. We don't do that with sports. Yeah, you're right. Yo, I'm I'll go watch it next time. I got nothing to watch. I didn't even know it was on. Yeah. Wow. Uh, they, yeah, it was. They that's promoted, how you know. Yeah. Uh, it's like they got to get. They got to get. They got to do better. Well, uh, I mean, if you were watching football yesterday, if you watched the commercial, they promoted the heck out of it. But I recorded it so that I can go back. That's how we do things now. We oh, would, yeah. but we still tune in live sports. Yep. Uh, without a doubt. Yeah. Hey, can we uh, wrap up at the turn? There it is right there. We'll keep you posted on this live deal. they got three weeks to get that done, or, you know, inside three weeks now. And that is the very latest. At the Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What? What? is behind that curtain. All right. Uh, we're going to get into some uh, Washington uh, breakdown, but we'll just save that for later on uh, this week and get into some of the film I've been watching. I'm actually going to go back and watch that Alamo Bowl from last year because I'm pretty sure that's going to be the starting point for Texas, in, in, at least in their game plan, their preparation for Washington, because you played them already. Because, and the same thing when Texas played Alabama, right? I went back and watched that Alabama game, and there's a lot that kind of translated from Texas from playing Alabama last year to playing them this year. I think it'll be the same thing for Washington because you have so many of those pieces that, that, that crossed over. You have so many of those pieces that they retained – from last season, I mean, a lot of those uh, same players, most of those same players uh, from that Washington team uh, will be playing in uh, this Sugar Bowl versus Texas. So I'll get into that tomorrow a little bit. I do want to give some props to uh, the Longhorns who got some love from the Associated Press uh, with their all Big 12 uh, selections. We talked about this a little bit earlier, um, but shout out to Sark because Sark actually won Coach of the Year. The Associated Press. Uh, uh, Big 12 Coach of the Year. Uh, we know that the coaches actually voted for Mike Gundy, <clears throat> so I'm going to give Sark some props on that. And think about it, this is from a, from a national perspective. The the Big 12 Conference, when the coaches vote on it, that's more from the regional, the local perspective. This is from a national, you know, kind of 30,000 foot view. And from that view, Sark is Coach of the Year. And I, I supported the Mike Gundy winning Coach of the Year in the Big 12 because that was from a Big 12 point of view. The Big 12 point of view is, well, Texas was supposed to win the Big 12. Nothing shocking about that. Everybody was shocked at Mike Gundy, especially after losing to, what, North Alabama, and they picked to win, finish seventh in the conference. Everybody was shocked to see them in the Big 12 title game, even though we knew they had no shot in the Big 12 title game. But Sark uh, gets, his, his, gets his just due and his flowers. He gets coach of the year for the Associated Press. Um, the defensive player of the year was Devondre Sweat, who had a hell of a, a weekend because he also won the uh, Outland Trophy for the best interior lineman. And that thing wasn't even – I would love to see the voting. I didn't, even, I didn't go – I didn't see the voting. Did you see the voting of it, the Outland Trophy? E? I didn't. Because it couldn't have been close. I don't think it was close. Right, because it was like Cooper Beebe was the other guy, and I forget about the um, the other uh, offensive uh, linemen. Joe Alt from Notre Dame. Yes. Uh, you know, nothing against those guys, but off, the offensive linemen, I think Tavon J. Sweat was – 
had more splash plays and had more you know moments, if you will, kind of that put him into that kind of national conversation that helped him win the award. But he wins the Outland Trophy. Uh, we'll get into a little conversation about that later on. He also wins Defensive Player of the Year for the All Big Twelve team, uh, the Associated Press. Newcomer of the Year was Ad Mitchell. So give give him some props. First team selections for the All Big Twelve uh, Associated Press team. Xavier Worthy makes all-purpose slash wide receiver, probably considering his yards from scrimmage with his punt returns. Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy make it. First time you've had two interior D linemen for Texas make the first-team all-conference team since Casey Hampton and Sean Rogers. Uh, Jalen Ford makes it uh, as a linebacker. Um, that's that's ideal to me because that that – that triumphant right there, that little holy trinity between Sweat, Murphy, and Jalen Ford, that's the reason you're the best, you're in the best rush defenses in the country. Um, that's the reason that you're the best rush defense in the Big 12. It's because of that group. Uh, then there's Burt Auburn, the place kicker. Uh, he makes the first team as well. Second team, Quinn Ewers makes it. Jonathan Brooks makes it. Um, A.D. Mitchell uh, getting some love on the second team. And a lot of people saw this as straight-up disrespect. Kelvin Banks Jr. Uh, makes the second-team Associated Press All-Big 12 team. And, yeah, if you ask the question, are there five offensive linemen uh, in the Big 12 better than Kelvin Banks who could have made the first team? Um, or if you're asking if there are two uh, offensive tackles better in, the, better in the Big 12 than Kelvin Banks, the answer to each of those would be no. So he should have probably made the first team. Um, but there you go. He makes the, the second team all Big 12 for the Associated Press. Yeah, I don't know how they uh, – yeah, that's that's disrespect. I got to go see who the first team offensive tackles were. Sometimes they just do best five linemen regardless of position, um, and sometimes they actually try to fill out a, an actual offensive line with a center and two guards and two tackles. Either way, Kelvin Banks should have probably been on the first team. Um, so, and I was uh. – and I'm saying Christian Jones probably would have had a case for the second team. Kevin yeah. Banks makes the first team. I know. Yeah, that, uh, so. that that surprised me for sure. But uh, Longhorn, I mean, Kevin Banks. I mean, Christian Jones had a heck of a year. Christian Jones had a hell of a year too. Um, you know, he, Brock he some love. And you know, we know that offensive line. You know, how are they going to replace Bijan and Rojo? Well, you know, that offensive line improved, and Jonathan Brooks stepped up. But it took both. And I think that offensive line should have gotten a little more. But either way, you can't win all the awards, I guess, uh, especially when you're leaving the conference. But uh, I thought the AP was a lot more reflective of the season that Texas had. And, you know, as we talked about, I mean, Tavondre Sweat's now the most decorated Longhorn defensive player since Brian Arakpo 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's the, to me, that's outside of – everybody talks about quarterbacks and Mac Brown and Charlie Strong and Tom Herman and quarterback misses. End of the day, that's when the line of scrimmages begin to deteriorate for Texas, offensive and defensive linemen. They're getting that back. And if you want to know why they're back, yeah, they're quinuers and quarterbacks. But mm-hmm. starting to win the trenches with big humans uh, is a great roadmap for where Texas is going. Yeah, and that's going to be key in this game, right? I guess Washington, I'd say we'll break down some of the detail a little bit later. But um, Texas is third in the country in pressures. Uh, I believe Oregon was fourth right behind Texas in pressure. Oregon was only able to get to Washington, I believe, three three sacks, three times in those two games they played them. I believe there were eight tackles for loss total for Oregon in that game. But that's what Washington does really well, and we don't talk about it. They've only allowed 11 sacks all season long. They're fifth in the country in sacks allowed. Uh, They're eighth in the country in tackles for loss allowed. They don't give up a lot of negative plays or allow a lot of negative plays, and that's why they're a top 10 third down offense because they operate ahead of the chains. Texas will, will be, no doubt, the best interior defensive line that they've played with Devontae Sweat and 
Byron Murphy. It'll probably be, in my opinion, the best front seven that Washington has played. I think I think Texas front seven is better than Oregon's, in my opinion. And you talked I think about the linebackers are better on our Longhorn live stream last night on on Texas football. Mm-hmm. You talked about interior pressure against Penix because he's really good avoiding edge pressure. But any quarterback, yeah. especially guys have knee injuries. They don't want interior pressure, right? They don't want dudes up uh, up in their feet, and that's what Texas is really good at. Yeah, um, but organically, they'll be ready for that. That's you know, that, like yep. I said, they they're a real coach team. There's no way they're gonna uh, they're gonna they're gonna not account for Tavondre Sweat, who just won the Outland Trophy, and Byron Murphy. So my thing is, I think Texas needs to double down on interior pressure. I think it's really important, just like you mentioned. I think that's the way to get him off of his spot, have him be a little bit late on some of his throws, um, and make him uncomfortable and erratic. But you got, I think, got to double down. So I'm talking about second level. Level interior pressure, linebackers coming in interior gaps, blitzing in interior gaps. I think that's what Texas is going to have to do because there's no way that Washington is going to go into that game and not account for the dominant performance of Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. Well, you also will. pointed out that their center is a little undersized, so see if you can use your size advantage against a, an undersized center. But either way, and they saw those guys last year. I mean, they know what they're walking into, and I think you're right. By the way, Cowboys did a great job with the interior pressure last night. I mean, anytime there was a third and long, yeah. Dan Quinn was dialing up pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and da- and, and your, our guy Jalen Hurts was backing up. He was throwing off his back foot uh, every single time. That's kind of what you have to get with, with exactly this Michael Penning. Yeah, that's exactly what you want from Penning. You don't want to give him time to connect to his three NFL wide receivers because all the three of those guys will be drafted. Uh, it's the best wide receiving core, arguably, in all of college football. You don't want to give him time to connect on it. Texas can hold up in coverage, but not for long. Yeah, against and those you, guys, yeah. Yeah, he's like, you don't want to trust that. And Penning is really good at avoiding pressure. Uh, you know, 33% of Quinn's pressures end up converting into sacks. Now, Texas hasn't allowed a ton of sacks this season. They've done really well at pass protection. They've allowed 26 sacks on the season, which isn't bad. But if you go look at um, Michael Penix, only 9% of his sacks are, uh, sorry, pressures are converted into sacks. He's really good at avoiding pressure. So that's going to be key in this game. Can they convert the pressure that Texas does really well? Uh, they pressure opposing quarterbacks, top five best in power five. Can they convert that into sacks against Penix? All right, uh, good stuff. I can't wait till you see Dan Quinn's breakdown from this game last night, the uh, pressure rate. I'm sure – I think it oh, had yeah. to be really high. Because they, be. were, they were not going to let Jalen Hurts be comfortable last night. They know he's a little bit banged up. Mm-hmm. That was an awesome defensive game. And, and Philadelphia didn't score an offensive touchdown last night. No. Didn't find the end zone no, one time. First time since 2017. Awesome. Yeah, going without an offensive touchdown. All right, we'll come back. We go off the record. Uh, and I have a story, Rod, including uh, Ty's favorite person, Taylor Swift, in the news. We'll get that for you. <laughs> off the record stories maybe you've missed but you need to hear. It's coming back. Hook them up. D.D. Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry. Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well I don't get a break the egg comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. This morning was our first freeze we've had this fall. Am I right about that? And it was in there. It was in 25 degrees out in yeah, like, no, uh, Elgin. Yeah, I, I, When I was out running, I was like, damn, I should have worn gloves. <laughs> it's cold out. I really did. I was, I was The first thing I thought, I was like, damn, my hands are freezing. I should have worn gloves. It'll so. warm up a little bit this week, but it mm-hmm. uh, feels good. You know, we put our Christmas decorations up here at the house. So it's going to feel a little bit like Christmas, you damn know? Damn right, man. It's almost that time of year. Like, the most like, wonderful time. I know. It was nice on Saturday, but it was like 70-something degrees. Like, oh, my gosh. It's like the spring. Can we get some Christmas up in here? Now we got it. I'll see. Uh, yeah, rain it comes up to 67 tomorrow. 
By the way, rain coming into the weekend. Just be advised of that. One of the wettest stretches since October coming your way Thursday, Friday into Saturday. Okay, so, uh, Rod? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Off the record. Can I mention Ty loves Taylor Swift? He's made that very clear. It's like Dak Prescott and Taylor Swift is two favorite people. Ty's not a fan. Don't, but, for, so, don't forget LeBron. Don't forget LeBron. Let me throw LeBron in there, too. The, 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 the focus of <laughs> Ty's ire. Uh, uh, he's the Ty, Ty Henderson hate club. But um, can I give Taylor Swift some love? Because, you know, I know people get tired of seeing him at the, her at the Chiefs games and mm-hmm. a little over the top. But so it turns out two things. One, her, her tour, the Eras tour is now over a billion dollars. The receipts are in. For this year, $1.04 billion, 4.35 million tickets sold to 60 shows. Also generated 200 mil in merchandise sales uh, for that. Good for her. She's also named Times Person of the Year this past oh, weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got to give her credit because she immediately went after Kim Kardashian. I love that. That's awesome. She took a shot at Kim? Oh, man. All in. On the, wow. on the old Kanye flap. Because remember when Kanye and Alira called her a B? Yeah, I remember that. And then Kardashian mm-hmm. tried to say she didn't say that. And yeah, it was a lie. I remember that. Even that beef with Kanye when Kanye interrupted her at like, the VMAs. Or Rihanna? Said Beyonce. Or was it Beyonce? Yeah, yeah. Beyonce. Yeah, it was Beyonce. 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 Beyonce, yeah. yeah. Well, I think Taylor Swift felt like woman to woman, you should defend me against this. This is ridiculous. But either way, uh, but here's what I really wanted to mention. She, it turns out that at all her stops, her 60 shows, she's been donating huge sums of money to the local food bank at that, in that city. Like, like for her. And this all came out in the article by Time Magazine when she, and she hasn't promoted this. But, like, here's a story from Denver. that, that uh, The Denver donation will cover 75,000 meals for the food bank of Denver. And she's made similar donations at every stop. Hmm. For the heiress tour, so good for okay. her sharing the wealth, and we already know that she donated. She gave her tour. Everybody on her tour shared in fifty-five million dollars in bonuses. Oh, dancers, yeah. crew, yeah. everybody and got the a truck huge... drivers. I think got yes. like a big bonus at the end of the tour. The well, truck drivers got paid some ridiculous amount. So whatever we think of Taylor, I just say props to her. Good for her. She's she's doing well. And her people are, are appreciate working for her, and she's doing good in communities as she's because she's making a lot of money. Good for her. I think she's everything besides the private jet, the, the private jet issue. If you haven't heard about that, you, well, what's wrong that? with the private jet? If I could afford, it, I'd have one. The, well, envir- the it's, environment, it's not in, Come on. Well, I get, I understand that, but there's a lot of people with private jets. She's not Does the she only want to one. Do like a Madden cruiser or something? She's I mean, going to. Other, I mean, has she proclaimed that she's envir- an environmentalist of some kind? I mean, I'm sure she has. I'm just trying to find. You can be for the environment and still have a private jet, in my opinion. Ooh, I don't know about that. Sure, you can. Well, you can say you can say you are for the environment. Well, it's what it's like one (laughs) one one like four hour jet ride equals like a person's entire lifetime driving a car emissions wise. No, 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 I don't disagree with you. You can say you're for the environment and have a private jet. So it's different to get on an actual airplane. Yeah, because like you're, you're, you're sharing. So carbon foot, it's about the carbon footprint thing. Like you're a carbon footprint. Everybody's got a carbon footprint, and people who have private jets, they have a much larger well, carbon footprint. I just, than you the rest do what you us. do and let the hate come. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> like, like no one's done more for the environment than Elon Musk and his Tesla cars, which have changed the environment. Well, but, yeah, but then there's the batteries to them. This is a different. Well, I know it's so. far, but you're talking about carbon footprint. Yeah, but, yeah, but the, the batteries bat- to get rid. How do you get rid of the big batteries, yeah. which cannot be? Well, can, they don't this decompose. Is, this is the circular debate we have. Like, who's actually doing good and who's I, not? I'm not disagreeing with bad. it. I'm just saying it's a nuanced discussion. Okay, just like, oh, this guy's great because he doesn't. Whoa, well, whoa, whoa, I mean, what about the batteries? What if you're, the you're the talking about emissions from cars and jets? I mean, this guy's brought Tesla online and sold a bajillion of those cars. I disagree with that, but I'm just saying, have you have you done research on the batteries? I have, but I'd say. Same time, That's what I'm saying. It's, okay. almost, it's almost like you can't win unless you're 
I mean, what are if you're not? I don't know. You it's cannot a, possibly do it. Does a cost benefit analysis everything? That's all we're saying. That's yeah, all the time okay. we're saying. He's like, hey man, you know the Jets. That's a cost benefit analysis. All of it. That's she okay. just needs to be docked down a little bit. That's that's I'm, I'm, that's what I'm here for. I think she, I'm sure she's she a great person. Sounds like she is to me. <laughs> I like Taylor Swift. Ty, Ty just doesn't like her. I, I don't know. To, any, I, I, don't have, I know all I of her like, old songs. Like I, I used to be a big I do fan. Not. This, I have probably, this whole Travis Kelsey situation has really rubbed me the wrong way. I have the thousand. Why? It's so it's fake. fake. It's so it's not fake. fake. It's so they're going to get married and just they're wait till that happens. <laughs> uh, I don't. It's I disagree be, with you on the that. The wedding's going to be huge. Like I have like thousands of songs on my iPad. I don't have any Taylor Swift. I don't know anything about her music. I don't have any Taylor. Swift I like her. I'm a fan of her. I mean, I told you all about in middle school, everybody had to do a lip sync uh, performance <laughs> in, in drama class. And I, me and one of my, my good friends, I dressed up like uh, Juliet, like the Romeo and Juliet song she has. And, and I danced around. So I, I've been a fan for a while. I'll try to, I'll try to pr- get that video. I've been, I've been uh, looking for it. can't wait to see it. that. We would all what do you have there, Rodby? Uh... Okay, Will Smith, we know that uh, Jada Pinkett uh, admitted that they had been separated for like the last seven years that they have been together. Their whole marriage has been a sham and a fraud for that long. Even even him going up slapping Chris Chris Rock for insulting his wife was, uh, was a bit of a show by Will Smith because they weren't together. He has been spotted in Miami at this uh like this, this show apparently this uh really uh, I really kind of celebrity uh it's kind of a celebrity art show and fashion show there in Miami and he had a woman with him that looks like Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh. No no, I'm talking about hairless and everything. Bald? Yeah. Bald and everything. Like bald like very similar to a young Jada Pinkett Smith and everybody is trying to figure out if he's trolling us or if that's just his type and he's like this is my type. She's like a she's like a young Jada Pinkett. He's fifty five. Nobody knows how young this mystery woman is, but she's definitely much younger. It's weird. So maybe she he just is in love with her look, and then she won't clown me. So I have no idea what it <laughs> Remember is. Remember Reggie Bush did this? Remember Reggie Bush dated Kim Kardashian, and then like everyone's dated Kim Kardashian. Dated Kim, and then she, her, his next girlfriend looked just like her. Yes. Like almost identical. Yeah, almost identical. That's what I'm saying. Like it, This is one of those situations. They're like, man, this could be something crazy going on. Maybe he just likes that type, that kind of woman. Who knows? There you go. Watch out for Will. He is single now, though. Well, I don't know if he's officially single. Well, Jada Pinkett's out there saying that uh, the slap together. heard around the world saved their marriage, but no one's buying it because now Will Smith's out running around with other ladies. Uh, saved their look marriage? look like her. Y'all weren't even married. Yo, you just said that was a shame and a fraud. Y'all were separated. I have no idea what's going on with them. But that's, that's why it's off the record because we don't understand it. Yeah, there you go. By the way, the second highest grossing tour after Taylor Swift's $1.04 billion, Beyonce's $579.8 million. So she did like half of what Taylor Swift did. Yeah, that's pretty good. Wow. Pretty good. That's great. That's Beyonce. I think if you add up the next four, it doesn't equal hers. Bruce Springsteen, Coldplay, Harry Styles. Maybe you get to where Taylor Swift's hanging out. Woo. It's like it's like uh, everybody versus Shohei Otani's contract with the Dodgers. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Hook them up with Ian Rodney.